podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Hello and welcome to Accidental Podcast or something like that with me, Les Bobka. My today's guest is Dr. James Hutch, international educator, practitioner of Chitoryu Karate, living in Japan, Tokyo and running a dojo. Our conversation revolves around mental health, uh, traditional karate, where we draw the line of term traditional, when it starts, when it finishes, um, the perception of karate in or array of other martial arts in Japan. Uh, we're also going to share our most embarrassing um, faux pas with language, uh, mine in UK and Dr. James in Japan. I hope you're going to enjoy this one. And if you would like to support this channel, please subscribe and um, click that um, notification button. Um, that would be much appreciated. Um, we're slowly growing. It's all great. If you would like to um, join in our newsletter, please visit um, uk. Enjoy the interview. Hello and welcome, I'm Les Bubka, and you're listening to Accidental Podcast or something like that. Uh, today I have the pleasure to talk with uh, James Hutch, the international educator, uh, Chitoryu practitioner. Uh, hello James, how are you? Hi Les, and uh, thanks very much for inviting me, it's, uh, it's a real pleasure. You know I've sort of been one of your biggest fans, I think what you're doing is amazing stuff. Um, it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing. And, uh, ah, yeah, thank you. Good, good for you. Good for you. Uh, you um, I, I li- evolve. <laughs> I've listened to um, your. Um, that's how I uh, kind of got aware of you on uh, conversational karate. Uh, right. I thought that uh, you've got a really interesting viewpoints on stuff. <laughs> completely, in some ways, completely opposite to mine. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think through that kind of opposite sides, we can have an interesting conversation. I think so. I think so. No, I hope so. Yeah, no, Sue and Greg were great. I reached out to them, actually, just because I liked what they were doing. And uh, it sort of opened up a whole other world because living in Japan, the whole practical application karate movement really hasn't taken off here. Uh, it's still very much a traditional, what you will call traditional, I would call modern, um, approach to karate, which is sports karate, uh, kata for performance with no real meaning to it. But to me, that's modern karate. Anything from 1904 on, <clears throat> I would call that modern karate. 
I think I, I hear I hear Latin because I do agree with you. I hate when people say traditional for the modernistic stuff, and I think that traditional is an excuse for very very bad things happening in Karachi. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a whole you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff goes on with karate that you know the Japanese, the Okinawan piece um, when it when it was exported from. Okinawa, it was exported into the university system here, which is upper class. Uh, in Okinawa, when they started exporting it in the early 18 or 1900s, it was being exported to everybody. So there's a whole misnomer. I consider traditional karate before Itotsu. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the, that's the karate I'm really interested in. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, it makes me... Um, you, you said it very politely. Uh, I, get, I get myself in a lot of trouble because I have fairly um, opinionated views, but based in, based in research and based in living here for almost 20 years, um, yeah, I would definitely say my, my questioning of karate and what we've been told is true has got me in... Uh, the bad boys room sometimes but that's okay uh, that's okay um I, I would be with you on that but i married an english woman and living in england the uh, politeness was beaten into me um so <laughs> coming from poland we are a bit more direct and my wife is complaining that i'm coming across as rude yeah. so i had to adapt and learn uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, you know, Japan yourself, when we get into this, I'm sure, Japan itself, is you don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. You take what's given as gospel truth. And even if you know it's not true, you definitely don't. You don't want to rock the boat. You want to make sure that the, the story that's been told is the one that you not and agree to, even if you know completely, 100%, that the story's not true. Mm. Um. And, and there's various reasons. It's, it's a completely different culture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into that too. So, yeah. So let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Um, can you tell us about um, how did you end up in karate? I heard that you've been doing boxing and rugby. Could you take us through that? Right. So I guess in the martial arts, how did I end up here? So, yeah, born in Ireland. Um, not sure you can hear that anymore. But yeah, born in Ireland, then we emigrated. While I was in Ireland, my dad was a boxer, part, you know, an amateur boxer, pretty, pretty good amateur boxer. But he, because of where we lived, etc., he made sure I knew how to box. And of course, the school I went to, we played rugby. So I quite enjoyed that. Um, and then we emigrated to Canada when I was about 14 or 15. And still, yeah, I just kind of messed around with, with um, boxing, but never really joined a club because I had my dad. Um, and then when I was about 21, I started Chitoru, which is not a well-known style, not Shitoru, which is Mabuni, but Chitoru, which is uh, Chitose, uh, founded that. And it's quite big in Canada. And that was when I was 21. And essentially, I've been with that ever since. Um, of course, done Kobodo, Iaido, and a couple of other things. It goes on and on. I really embraced um, Budo and trying to figure out what it was. I had lots and lots of questions. Um, 
I, I, I couldn't quite figure out the kumite. It was kind of fun, but it wasn't to me very realistic. And what I meant by realistic is I had an image of what a fight looks like and kumite wasn't that. It was, it was really dynamic. And um, eventually I figured out it's, it's a sport. It's not about fighting. Uh, um, but I had lots of questions because one of the things that really bothered me was this kata. And I couldn't quite figure that out because it looked kind of silly. You know, you're doing all these motions and like in Kumite, you're never going to use them. And so that was that launched my initial interest in coming to Japan, which is in what year was that? 97. I came first. 97, 87, 97, I believe. I think I came first. Um, and then, yeah, say a couple of years met the lady who became my wife eventually went back to Canada for a few mere years, but I still didn't have my questions answers about Kata. I ran into a chap and probably no, uh, Hansi McCarthy at that time. I read his Bubishi. I think everybody takes karate seriously. And that was an eye opener for me, particularly the picture section near the back where there's, Oh, Oh, that looks like Kata. And all of a sudden what I had known took place in a street fight, and I hate to use that term, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, people grabbing your hair, spitting in your face, kicking you in the groin. All of a sudden, there were pictures in that, and those pictures translated to kata. And so that was like the beginning of a, a new phase of understanding, not understanding, but starting to say, okay, there's a lot going on here, and I don't know what it is. And of course, I came back to Japan to find the the, the long beard guy in a mountain, which of course doesn't exist, right? Um, and you end up realizing you're on your own. You got to figure yourself out. That's the secret. You got to figure this all out by yourself. So yeah, that's kind of how I've got to this point where I am now. So I'm 54 now. So I've been doing karate for uh, 30, 32 years, 33 years. And uh, yeah, kind of there, got there. Yeah. So similar to <laughs> you you said that um, the Chikoryu is not so popular. Funny enough, that was one of my first books of okay. karate from my from my teacher, the um, photocopied book. I cannot remember the name, but I remember that it was a Chikoryu basic okay. techniques and some kata on the back. So that was kind of a strange for me as well coming to UK that people are so focused on one style and don't look other oh. because I nearly know all the branches of karate because I've always been interested in you know, different sections of it, right. uh, from God, Roshito, Chito, um, and, and all the stuff. So all the books, but here coming, you say, oh, I'm based from Kyokushin. Never heard of it. I know only Shotokan. Oh, <laughs> never, never heard of it. So it's kind of very broad-minded. Broad For some, that's kind of yeah. generalization, the people who I met on the way. Yeah. But, um, well, I was surprised, yeah. you know, and listening to yourself and, and Ian talking and, and Susie and Greg, it seems like, yeah, Shotokan is huge. Like, I knew it was big in the UK. Uh, Shotokan and Wado, I think, are the big ones. But yeah, yeah, it seems like it's very, again, this notion that that's traditional karate. To me, that's not. That's modern karate. It's fun. Yeah. It looks beautiful. But there's a whole slew of different things that are karate. You know, yeah. is Kyokushin karate? That's a whole other discussion, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of its own thing. I would argue it's Kyokushin's kind of its own thing, and so is the JKF. It's kind of their own thing, you know? Is that original karate? Depends what you mean. 
Yeah. You know? No, I, I think it's not not the original karate. It's the uh, personal take of Oyama on the karate techniques. I think, I think that's fair to say. And it's, um, it, you know, the other thing is it's damn effective. Mm. You, don't, you don't want to get one of those kicks or one of those, you know, body shots because they work. Yeah, I know. I've been there. I've been there on the floor. It hurts. It hurts, right? Um, but uh, you know, there's this this sense. Well, if it's not if it's not karate, you're in some. No, no. I think I think exactly the way you phrased it. it it's Oyama's take on what he learned from you know the expats who came up from Okinawa. Okay, that's what it is. The JKF. You know, you could argue that's even more fake. Sorry, I shouldn't say that, but you could argue that's more fake. It's more, it's more been removed from what originally was intended. And I love, I love both styles. I think they're fine. They're great. They're lovely. Um, but if you want to talk historical roots, yeah, you might be having a, a different discussion. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny because here I don't, I agree with you um, about the personal take on 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 the karate techniques or I don't know branding. Um, but I got a lot of um, hate from people from. Shotoka and uh, traditional guys, um, because I do my own adaptation, you know. I don't, um, and that's where we probably differ because I got a hint that you are a person who likes to preserve the old way and stick to it. I'm on the way of I want to adapt it to myself, but I think that both things are important because we need the both sides of people to see what happens. Um, so, go ahead. jumping to the question why it is important to preserve the old ways and actually what you're doing what you do historically by modifying it for you your interpretation is the correct way to do it so historically based okay mm -hmm. when i say and i've said this before when i say as a teacher i shouldn't modify it i shouldn't modify the mm -hmm. curriculum what I mean by that is the kata that we learn, you know, the shape, is set. It's been changed and modified and modified, as you know. I mean, you've studied the history, you know yourself. But I think if we keep changing it, we start to lose those individual templates. So as a teacher, when I teach that to my student, I teach that template. In other words, I don't modify it. Two plus two will always equal four. But when that student matures, they should be taking the kata and manipulating it so it fits their body. Because if, if I change the kata as a teacher, then slowly, 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 the kata is more about me mm. and not about what I should be passing on, which is essentially freedom to my students. So you can tell I'm a teacher, right? Um, so like, if, if, if you think of kata as just the A's, the B's, and the basic sentences, that's true. I think that's what it is. And we pass it on. But it comes a point, you know, after a number of years of studying where you begin to say hangatsu uh, or seisan or whatever kata happens to be, you'll start to modify it a bit. Of course, that's historically ac accurate. That's what you're supposed to have done. But my concern is when I see people who haven't really studied the kata start changing it, and they're passing that on to the students. You know, so if you, if you have a kata, say, that had, let's say, 35, 15 techniques, you know, 35, 50, 60, whatever techniques, but slowly, 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 you just reduce the kata to the techniques that you like and work for you, mm -hmm. 
and you've done wrestling. I mean, you're going to have your own special techniques too, right? That you, but you've taken that away from future generations. Mm -hmm. So I, that's why I say, you know, pass on the kata, but it's not carved in stone. Know what you're doing. Like you pass it on. And then when the student starts to experiment, make sure that they know how to teach the basic. Cause that's all it is. is the basic kata, you pass that on. But when you do it for yourself and you do it in real life, whatever, again, that means it should look different. Because, you know, you and I maybe have different psychologies, different physiologies. Um, but that's not up to me to decide. That's up to the student to decide. But don't mm -hmm. teach it that way because all of a sudden <clears throat> you're taking stuff out of the kata that you may not have seen at 35, but you will see when you're 55 or 75. So that's what I mean by not changing it. Mm -hmm. Is that willy-nilly not really thinking about changing it. That's what we need to be mindful of. So I'm, I'm on the kind of, uh, I do agree with you uh, to, how to say it, um, it depends where you're coming from. Hmm. If you, like yourself, you're coming from nearly a source, Chitoryu, hmm. and you're preserving it. I'm coming from Kyokushin who we modified upon and upon and upon and upon. So for me, the reference is either I continue the path of changing and suiting it to me, or I have to refer to the traditional kata, which is a huge change for me. You see what I mean? So either way, I have to change it. So for me personally, I rather evolve in the way that my body, my mind takes me and give that same freedom to the um, students that, because we are keeping the, uh, the kata as they were taught to me from my teachers. So in that way, I preserving what they've been taught doesn't matter how many times they've been modified <laughs> along the way. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But then, uh, like you said, when the, the, the students mature, we're adding a layers to it. So I always say, you know, now it's time to do your own version of it, your own interpretation. So I do agree with you, although I disagree with you. And that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's yin-yang, isn't it? And that's the same with you. I, I, I completely understand. In fact, I think what happens, with, and you've experienced this, I'm sure, people become locked into either of those mindsets i change everything or i don't change anything well that's not a lie both of those mindsets are broken right you need to have more harmonious like okay les changes it great it's working for him so maybe you you go off and you create you know les ryu les kai whatever you want to call it okay lots of people have done that mm. as long as you're not lying to people yeah. That's the great thing. Yeah, that I think, I think that you, 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 you touched my biggest uh, pet peeve, you call it. Yeah. Uh, people are not honest with themselves, what they do, and with others. You know, I, I never, uh, I always say what we do. And um, what I like to do, actually, because, like I said, I'm interested broadly. So I don't know, I know quite a few versions of katas which we're doing, and yeah. pre-modified and post-modified. So I always try to show my students, listen, you might see this version this way, and is it correct as much as this one which we're doing or the people we're going to be doing? Be aware of those differences. Don't get upset that oh, we're doing the best one. But, uh, you know, just give them as broad a view as I can. I well, the other thing, Les, you know this as well. I mean, the, the major problem with kata, am I allowed to swear a little bit? The major problem yeah. with kata is people don't know what the hell they're doing. Hmm. Like, the motions have no meaning. You know, in Seisan, for example, or Hangatsu, you, you do a block and you do a punch. And it's simply a block and a punch. 
It doesn't have to be. It could be, you know, you're digging into the cavities and twisting the cavities and you're punching by the side of the head, you're grabbing his hair. Just because it looks like a punch in a block doesn't necessarily mean it is a punch in a block. You know, one of the things I learned when I was doing this, and I can't remember who said this to me, but that's a great truth. In Okinawa, traditional, they would say, traditional, my traditional, historical, <laughs> uh, historical karate, what they would say is close, close fist is for play. Open fist mm-hmm. is when you're serious. And if you study most of the kata, I'd say a good 75% are open hand. So why is the, all, the emphasis on the closed fist? It, you know, if you really start looking at kata, what, what are you doing? What is the purpose? Are you just dancing with this few, like, ridiculous bunkai, what we would call bunkai, or bunkai just means to study. Um, yeah. You know, everything's a reverse punch and a straight kick. You know, kyokshin, fantastic, fantastic. As long as the person's standing right in front of you and you don't want, want to punch him in the head. Yeah. Don't go in and sweep, right? As a wrestler, I'm sure you probably got in trouble for that. You probably threw guys a few times, right? By mistake, because you revert, you revert. My first Kyokushin tournament, I got kicked out of because I went in and I threw the guy because judo as well, right? So I went in and I threw the guy and it was Hansoka. And it was like, oh yeah, you can't do that, you know? Mm. Um, so when you really study kata, like, like you're starting to do and, and I'm starting to do, you start to see different things, different potentials in it. And that's, I think, when you really start to enjoy your karate, when it does become yours, when it is, I never seen that before. Oh, you know. And so, you know, we see things differently, but oh, kata is kata. Yeah. That, about that, that understanding of, of kata movements, uh, it just reminded me that on my last grading, um, we had a bunch of um, students doing a first, first dam. I was a bit farther line, And one of the examiners says, when you do kata, I know you know what you're doing. The other ones just following the pattern. And I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Well, I think, I think uh, you, you're the person who mentioned that, like, because of your, the background, I think, again, in, in, in wrestling, when you do kata, you bring the shoulders, you, you curl the upper body. Was that you who said yeah, that? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. You know, because it, for, for me, that's the first first thing which I, I experienced in wrestling. I went all straight and they've been just throwing me like a doll, you know. It's like throwing a board compared to a sack of potatoes. So. Same weight, but it's completely different experience. So what I pick up first from the guys from wrestling, very relaxed spine, like boxers, forwards yeah. and leaning and, and, and stuff. And, and it works for me. I'm not saying it's the best way, but it works for me. Um, well, and, and you know, again, because of the, there are throws in karate. Tr- yeah. There are throws. There are joint locks. I mean, that's all in there. But when you've reduced the applications to something that takes place explosively at two meters, then you can't do it anymore because it's illegal. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't designed for that. It was designed to get in and get out and probably to save the king's life. That's probably where it started. It was like the SAS version or whoever would be the version of mm-hmm. protecting the queen, whoever it would happen to be, I guess it's MI6 or MI5. Anyway, be one of those groups. That's who did it. It wasn't like, it wasn't mass consumption and it wasn't, there was no Keiko Gi and it wasn't something you sold. It was, mm. that's what you did. And I think that's where, I, that's the point I've got to that far back where it was that. Um, so yeah, you could mess around with this stuff. 
So you're saying it's not poor farmers doing uh, exercise? <laughs> Zero <laughs> Yeah. Is that that myth still not going around though, is it? I hope it's not going around. People know. I, I hope it's gone, but you know, that's that's what we've been I've been told when I've been starting. We all been told that, you know. Karate was very elite. I mean, even the old name Toady, right? The the China's hand, the people who did that, you had to have access to China. Only the elite, the elite of Okinawa, now their elite is larger than the Japanese elite, um, but you're still talking about 12% of the population as opposed to four. Those are the people who had access to it. You know, it was, there was lots of stuff in karate, um, I believe, and you can kind of start to show it now that it wasn't for mass consumption. It wasn't. And it wasn't to go and fight the Japanese hand-to-hand against the samurai. No. If you've ever used a Japanese sword, you figure out you don't have to be that skillful to beat somebody who doesn't even, who's an expert in karate. Japanese yeah. swords are deadly. Deadly. That's, and that's to say nothing about the yari, the, the spear. So, no, I think it was hand-to-hand. I think there were weapons. We, well, we know there were weapons. But it wasn't for mass consumption. It definitely wasn't for the poorer classes. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And you bring me to another question while we stand on opposite again. Well, weapons, weapons do nothing for me. I did try nothing for me. Just bare hands and I'm happy. You give me a weapon and I lose interest. Yeah. What do you find interesting in weapons? I know they improve techniques. I know they're a part of karate. It just for my brain, that part is shut completely out of and is not interested. Maybe That's I'm too. I was for the longest time, Les. I was exactly like, don't give me a bow. I hated the bow, it was so hard to control. Um, so, but I think you know, living here a little bit longer, um, aging, you know, I said I got a little bit older now, I start to see that. It's the same thing. It's two sides of the same coin. Whether you're picking up, you know, I think the problem is people lock themselves into those physical weapons. And it's not, you know, a bow can be, and people say there's a, a pool cue. Yeah, I could think of it's more, pool cue is more like a spear. Um, but, you know, uh, the take the, the the iron fists, mm-hmm. well, they can be like chopsticks. So it's a way of looking at the world. So where everything's a weapon. You know, even, even a pencil or a pen. <clears throat> pencil and pen work on the same principle as a, a, a psi works on. So I think it's that. That's what I find interesting is the fact that, yeah, I'm holding this, you know, truncheon. And I do enjoy it. It's fine. It, 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 it does, as you said. I, I do believe it helps with the body mechanics. But it's the mentality behind it. That, mm-hmm. what we, you know, zanchen, this idea that everything, everything and anything's a weapon. Right, so I think I find that interesting. Um, but yeah, my first love is still <laughs> still the hand to hand stuff. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's really, it. and it's been a later, a later um, interest. Definitely, uh, yeah. When I was in my, even into my early forties, yeah, it was all right. I did it because he kind of had to, but I didn't really get the point. Like now, I, I see it differently. Um, when do you think that uh, separation and departure of two happened that karate oh. become weaponless? We know. Weapon Kabudo. No, we know less. And this again, this is the thing that doesn't come out of Japan. So, 
let's go back to 1904, right? Mm -hmm. So Totsu decides, I better save karate. I better get tied in with the Japanese national system. So what does Japan already have? It's got a throwing art. Mm-hmm. It's got a sword art. Through the Koryu system, it's got weapons. So what do they not have? They don't have a punching system. In the exact same year, 20, was it, 21, 23, I can't remember, when karate comes to the mainland, the big sellout event in Japan that year was the boxing event that was coming in from Europe. And it was the guy, the Savat versus, I can't remember the other chap. There was a French guy, Savat. And anyway, I forget who the fighters were. But they actually happened at the same time. So the only thing Japan needed to complete its new emergence as an industrial modified nation was, was the, the punching piece. So the, the, the weapons, the grappling, the tweete, the digging into the cavities of the body, the twisting, they already had that. So they got rid of it. They didn't need it. So when they imported, the Butotokai imported it, they said, well, we'll just do the kicking and the punching. And what happened was a massive tradition, a cultural tradition was lost. And I would argue, um, and a richness was lost. Because remember, the Okinawans at that time, and arguably to this day, are still second-class citizens. And karate is definitely not on the same level as kendo or sumo or judo. Definitely not in Japan mainland. It's much lower down. Okay. Um, so, so that's actually what did happen. Um, it, it was done. It was manufactured. And so that's why Mabuni and other, and even Funakoshi later in his life said, well, what we're doing now is only a segment of what karate was. Yeah. And that's the part I'm interested because in, I didn't know about this. Do you think that uh, maybe that's the origin of the myth that this was for a commoners and poor people because karate in mainland Japan is uh, below the royalty of martial arts? You think yeah. that might have been? Yeah. And then, of course, you, whoa, that's a loaded, that's a really good question. And one I've never really thought about because, yeah, it's like, you know what? I don't want to say less because I don't know the answer. That's a, that's a good question. Mm. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. It could be, um, it could be the idea that, yeah, racism of a different, or that's not racism, ethnocentrism, that the Okinawans couldn't develop a, or didn't develop such a sophisticated system, but they did. They did, and you know, they did have joint locks, just like the jujitsu. They did have the throws, and so that was all. Yeah, it was all lost. But that's a really good question. I don't know, Les. I really don't know. I have to think um, about that a bit more. You you mentioned you've got a quite good pronunciation of Japanese language, and you just and and you just said it. And I always wonder how to pronounce properly the joint lock and cavities. Is it Twitter or cutie? Okay. So either or is actually fine because it's, it's just local. How I know is tuite, tuite, uh, which is the digging into the cavities of the body. So in Seisan, like Seisan Hangatsu, you know, you have something that looks like this and people say it's a block. Well, actually, yeah. you can dig into the, you know, space yeah. under the arm and twist that. Tweet, that's tuite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. So, and it depends. But either of those are fine. And they're not, they're not well, I know. Japanese words. They're Okinawan. Okay, because I know it more from the kind of joint look from Sensei Oyata, like Oyata, okay. doing. And, and written, as a Polish person, I would read it uh, Twitter. Yep. So I don't know if that's 
correct or not. But yeah, yeah my pronunciation of Japanese language is so dreadful that uh, my my Japanese friend that came he always laughs at me. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a good interview. I enjoyed that interview with her. She sounded very bright. Ah, uh, she's uh, she's pos she's possessed. She's yeah. possessed. She like, like you give her a task of doing a logo or something, and she spends thousands and thousands of times till she reaches the perfection. And she always shows me the layers of Shidan. Uh, she's a lovely person. I recommend yeah. her for all the calligraphy and stuff. But what uh, I want to check with you as well in Japan, the view is like this as well because wherever we take her for our um, karate or martial arts events when she's doing the calligraphy and stuff, she always says to us. It's so lovely that you're doing all this traditional stuff that non-Japanese do. Is that true to a certain extent? Yeah, it is. Is it um, we glorifying the Eastern culture as they glorify in the Western culture? To an extent, yeah. To an extent. I mean, the major sports in Japan right now are baseball and football. Soccer. I still call it mm. football. I'm sure you do too. Because yeah, yeah. um, we, we speak proper English. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the... They're, no, they're the major sports. Uh, judo is holding its own. Kendo is decreasing. Karate has a bad reputation. Um, the, Olympi the Olympics, they were hoping we're going to revive it and somewhat. Um, but yeah, they don't want to do it because... And I, again, I talk to my children. My, my children are, are biracial, so mum's Japanese. Um, when I ask them, neither of them do martial arts. And they have no interest in it. And it's partially the senpai kohai system, partially. You know, you know that system, right? Where you yeah, 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 yeah. So the senior was really meant to help the junior, but it often becomes a bully system. Mm -hmm. um, and if, uh, dojos here are very different than my experience of dojos in Canada. And ex when you sign up with a dojo and you have a sensei, it's, yeah. You're kind of enslaved in a way, isn't it? I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far because it's a, it's a cultural thing. But yes, I mean, to an outsider, it looks. Sorry, let me rephrase that. To a non-Japanese, it looks almost like you've given up your your personhood. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're out, you'll make sure your, your sensei has, you always top up his, his drinks. It's usually him, his drinks, and make sure he has food, and you open doors. And it, it becomes almost like a Yakuza thing. Sorry, a, a mafia thing. And it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, and that's not how it's supposed to be, by the way. Um, it's not supposed to be that. It's really about the senior person supporting and helping the younger person mm -hmm. have conversations like this and, um, but we could get into the whole sociology of that and yeah so I think the younger people are rejecting that they don't want it but it's, uh, at least that's what was told to me uh, in Okinawa it's completely different isn't it they're more open or it used to be yeah used to be so I've only been there a couple of times and I was you know I went down and with the Hokama Sensei's dojo I was training at and I think it's changing because they're marketing themselves now as karate but a japanese version um mm. but yeah the whole like lining up and bowing in a unison there was none of that you just sort of showed up and it was almost like a, a kung fu place you'd sort of show up and you'd bow and you'd go over and say hi to sensei you introduce yourself and then you'd start your training so it was quite different you know i'm used to the lining up straight lines right hey right uh, uh, but it was, it was none of that it was much more and, and this karate was slightly different too um 
it was more, and I don't want to overemphasize the differences because they can get silly. It was more fluid. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, Sensei, as you know, is, is a Gojuru guy. So Gojuru and Chitoru, similar body mechanics. But I was surprised, wow, this is really quite flowing. And um, it wasn't that, you know, how we, we call Shimei and, and Kimei. There was all this locking in and it was, it was, it was different. But it was much more, I don't want to say friendly because they're different cultures. But to me, it felt more welcoming. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have to worry, oh God, am I, am I, am I, should I have my shoes on? Should I not have my There wasn't any of that. It was like, yeah, come on in and train. And, and I think, I've been thinking a lot about this. I think one of the differences is, is that in Japan, it's something they, they do. But in Okinawa, it's more of a, it's your lifestyle. It's, mm-hmm. You know, you go, you, you do karate every day. You might do it for 10 minutes, or you might do it for two hours. Whereas in, you know, in Japan, it's, it's very much, and that's why they were so good for so long. I mean, they really dominated, and they still, in Kata, are very strong. Um, a couple of Kumite guys are decent now, too. Um, but yeah, I would have to say it's slightly different. But I think um, now you're seeing it being sold. You've seen Okinawa and Karate being marketed, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody needs to make a living. Yep, absolutely. And you, and you do, and do you do what you do best, and you love. That's I think that's a that's a good way to do it. Absolutely. Um, you, you touched a little bit on uh, saying that the instructors are mostly men. Why is that? Is that the Japanese culture? Yeah. Um, because in in UK or all over the world, I think it's the same problem. Uh, mm-hmm. We have not enough uh, top instructors being a women, woman. Um, can you touch on that more? Uh, I, I, th- I think, Les, you hit it. The nail, I hit the, you hit the nail on the head. Um, and I think certain styles, and I shouldn't really, I don't want to talk about styles, but I think certain styles are much more, they, they induce a certain type of male characteristic to go to that dojo. And I think it was your wife who said this, or somebody said this recently. I thought that's a really, no matter, no matter you have to accept the fact that men are stronger than women mm-hmm. and you know if you're going to a dojo that's really emphasizing hard physical kumite and you and you out your a you're already starting with say less power ability to generate the same sort of power or more often you're actually outweighed by about 20 to 30 kilos that's not very great incentive to keep going back um, and there are dojos that if you go to their whole purpose is, is they're going to kick the hell out of you that's it that's that's their purpose it's not nothing to do about bettering yourself uh, so I think there's that issue to it um, but I do think the number one issue is exactly the one you hit on it's just in Japan still to this day um, I would argue outside of Tokyo which is starting to change and trying to change uh, the woman's place is not in the dojo. It's either working in an office until she gets married, and then she devotes herself to her family. Okay. Um, and that's a shame. That's a real shame. Because uh, I have met a lot of fantastic fighters, and uh, Kumite 
Karataka, who just happened to also be female. But once they got married, that was it. Their karate life, in all the cases I know, ended. And they were good. I mean, really good. Really good fighters. Really tough fighters. Be our beautiful kata performance, like just so sharp. But, yep. But there are a few. Years, I mean, not enough. Like, yeah, not enough. Yeah, I think it's slowly growing, but definitely in UK there is more and more people, uh, more girls who are um, are really good and starting emerging on top, running them on clubs. I know three, mm. uh, four, mm. five, five yeah. on good. top of my head who are running the clubs mm. and I. Mary Stevens, I had a chance yes, to Mary, Let's say Mary Stevens. What a wonderful Steve. lady. I mean, I'm trying to get her to do, um, I'm trying to get Mary to do a, a webinar with our students here because I work in an all-female school. And I think it's so important that they can see powerful, sophisticated, well-educated woman who can definitely take care of herself. And yeah. so I think we do, and I think it's good for guys to realize this woman can probably kick the hell out of you if you really piss her off. You know, um, and that's realistic. You know, yeah. that's realistic. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's just, it's a shortcoming. It's a shortcoming. Now, let's tackle on the most important thing. Um, what martial arts or karate in particular have uh, done? Not done. That's a no, not not the right question. Um, how did they impact it? How what that I guess start again? <laughs> how karate impacted you or still impacting your mental health? Right, and I knew you're gonna ask this one and I was I was dreading answering this because I have I have a different take on mental health. I don't see mental health as something that takes place in the head. I don't separate mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. I see it holistically. So you know. So when I talk about mental health, to me, I might as well be talking about physical health. And I, th I, I find, you know, when we start dividing the human person into these separate parts, you know and I know, mm, that might be such a great way to go. So in terms of mental health, I would say balance for me is balance. Um, how do I say this without getting myself in trouble? So when I was younger, I had a short temper and quick hands. <laughs> and karate had helped me realize that that's definitely not a good combination if, if you want a fruitful you know fruitful life if you want to be balanced um, if you want to have deep relationships that's a bad combination and so I think that's been the greatest gift for me and that's why I entered karate I didn't enter karate to start fighting or learn how to fight i knew how to do that i actually wanted to enter karate so i wouldn't have to fight and i know that sounds really strange but it's absolutely true um and i can even tell you because i started karate i had at the end i played a rugby game and my particular personality had uh, once again got me in trouble and my captain who i respected he, he was older than me but i respect him but by the name of john Walmack. He was fuming because I almost lost us the game because I got kicked off the match for fighting. And I remember John came over and he said, you got to just let me have it. Um, and he's a Welsh guy, so I had to listen to him. And uh, he said, you need to come to my karate club. And that's how it started. 
And uh, mm. John, for me, really started emphasizing, you've got other options here. You know, use this, slow down the temper. So honestly, Les, that would be it. That would be the key thing for me, the ability to, the ever necessary ability to slow things down, to not hit first and ask, well, actually never ask questions later because uh, it gets you in trouble. It gets you in trouble. And if, if not legally, with yourself. And that's my experience with it. Mm. Um, but and I know I, I know you have a you take it from a different angle I think um, this may be an area where we diverge I know you really see karate as, as a, a vehicle where you can help people with physical and, and mental challenges or however the proper word is and I think that's wonderful I really do I, I, I nothing but the utmost respect for you mm. um, I couldn't do it because I couldn't wow. I couldn't I couldn't because for that, the, the way you're looking at karate is so different from the way I look at it. And yet I can completely see that if karate is going to remain relevant, and I mean this sincerely, if it's going to remain relevant, what you're doing is absolutely necessary. Um, there's too much emphasis on hurting other people. Hmm. We live in the 21st century, for God's sake. We have nuclear bombs, you know. We have, we can't even beat COVID, for God's sake. Yeah. So what's the point in learning to run around in pajamas and beat people up? Um, mm. And I say that if, if, if your karate doesn't make your life better, stop. Mm. Stop. That's a good point, yeah. Right? Stop. It's, it, it's, and I think we, we, we talked about this in the email. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I have lost friends. Um, and I'm, I'm diverging off now just, but again, to reemphasize what you're doing and why it's so important. And I hope more people listen to what you're doing. Um, I had two good friends who were the top, top fighters and uh, they took their own lives. Hmm. And that was an absolute loss at so many different levels for their families for the dojo mates, for the karate world, they and they were Les, they were top fighters. I don't want to give their names out, um, but they were top fighters, and they were young when they took their lives. And uh, yeah, that's not good. But karate is open that door. I do, I do agree with you that it has to be holistic. So I'm focusing on mental health, and uh, that's more promoted because it's not well known benefit. Everybody knows that you go to karate, you're gonna get physically better. But I think it should be all, all in. So when we go to the doctors, there's no problem talking about physical ailments, but not about mental health. It should be one holistic, you know. If you're both, you know, that to, to get better with the mental health, it's the easiest way to start feeling better physically because of the hormones and stuff. So, so I think karate got that with his methodology of progression, constant progression and seeing your failures and building on top of that, that gives you a point of reference in your life. Okay, I'm on the low now, but as the bells, I can progressively beat whatever is wrong with me, or physically or, or mentally, or like a full package. So that's my, my take on it, and, and we'll see, you know. Well, that's what Musashi says in Gorin no Show. Um, loose translation of one of my favorite lines in that book, uh, Book of Five Rings, where he says, today I defeat the person I was yesterday. Mm. Yeah, exactly. 
How do you, how do you interpret that? Is it mental health? Or is it physical? All together. It's both, right? There's no difference. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a tough so, question. Uh, I dread that. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is a good question, and you gave, gave a very good answer. I really like it. Um, hey, let's focus now my my interest more on uh, Chitoryu. Why okay. it's so special? Why did you choose Chitoryu, not Gajuryu, or something else? It's practical. It was what was available. Uh -huh. Very practical. It was what was available. I didn't know anything about karate. You know, I knew it was basically kicking and, and there was some funky, cool Asiatic stuff maybe there. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was Japanese. Um, it was available. The club I like is the club I, I joined was a bunch of rugby guys. But no, I mean, and over time you learn katas and you work with people from different styles. Um, and it's unfortunate we have styles, but okay, it's where we are. Um, so yes, I, the reason I stuck with it is the same reason I stuck with karate. It's, 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 it's a love affair really. And I can't, you know, I know that sounds strange, but it is a love affair. It, it has never diminished. And so when I still look at the kata in Chitoru, which are quite simple, they look quite simple. There's such depth to them that have been unexplored. I love trying to figure out what the heck that means. Cause I know kicking and punching against a reverse punch is not what it was designed for. So that's, that's the answer. So I've stuck with it because I still haven't figured it out. Maybe if I ever do figure it out, I'll move to a different system, mm -hmm. but I don't really think the system matters. The yeah. tools are the same. The body is the body is the body. All this bullshit about secrets. The yeah, secret yeah, yeah. is train hard. Exactly. Think with your head, engage with what you're doing. You know, that's the secret. And you got to do it every day. Could you um, kind of tell us, because Chitoryu in UK is uh, probably mostly unknown. I think there's no dojo. I don't, maybe one in Scotland. It's um, tiny. Yeah. Uh, could you um, tell us a bit more about the, the lineage, which sure. in relation to Shotokan and Goju? Yeah. So the, the the straightforward lineage, the most honest one, <coughs> despite the myth, is from Kian. Mm -hmm. Kian. So Chitose Sensei in 1930s, late 1920s and early 30s learned from Kian. He learned from, from Aragaki O as a child, and he might have done some training with Higashiona um, in his teens. But I re if you look at Chitoru and you look at what I know Chitose Sensei has left. It's it's pretty much Kian Kian Kian. A couple of other katas, Sanchin from Aragakio, um, but the vast majority are from Kian. So it's a Kian lineage system. Most people would say it's the closest original to Kian, um, which is a whole interesting story in and of itself. So yeah, very similar in look. How does it look like? Um, Definitely, to me, it, it looks more like Shorin Ryu. Um, but you can see definitely the influence of like that Goju idea because they're all, they're all, it's a small village, really, right? I mean, all these guys knew each other. So, but yeah, you'd recognize it. I mean, if you've seen it, you'd say, oh, okay, yeah, it's karate. I can see, you know, Kian, I can see the, the hard system. So, yeah. Nothing. I think the only difference probably we would have is we have a lot of. Um, two-person drills 
Mm-hmm. They're fairly static, but we still have a lot of two-person drills, which which there have always been. So I, I started learning karate. We always had kansetsu waza, uh, throws. So we have that in our sy- syllabus. Um, so maybe that's where pretty much from day one, I was looking at karate as more a complete fighting system as opposed to sports kumite. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I try not to get too tied up in things like that. <laughs> uh, could you tell me something? Um, so, you are a teacher. You're teaching in, in Japan. I suppose your education is from uh, Ireland or um, yeah. Canada. Yep. Um, how that is, and how did you end up in that, and what changes did you have to make? To work in Japan? As yeah, a teacher, yeah. so we're not talking karate now. No, 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 teaching, teaching, okay. teaching, us teaching. Oh, if, you, if you're teaching karate in Japan, that's going to be I am, I do. Okay, then, then, then um, mix both. Yeah, no, so I mean, I, I, so there's these things called international schools, which most people don't know exist, but they are, for the most part, English language schools that originally helped with expats who lived overseas. And so that's essentially how I got here. I didn't know they existed. So when I first came over to Japan, I, I, I was a teacher in Canada, but I, was work, I ended up working in a, a, a Japanese middle school and worked teaching essentially English. Um, but then I found out by total mistake that there were these things called international schools. And one of them was very near the Hombu Dojo of Chitoru in Kumamoto. And I applied, I got the job. And the rest is history. I've just sort of made a career out of it. Um, so I worked for about 12, 10, 11 years in um, Canada and then came across, emigrated here. And I've been here 20 years since. And yeah, I've always tried the schools I was at to introduce karate because it's an interesting way for children to access the culture um, that they may not otherwise have access to because foreigners often in places will live in these little bubbles and they'll, you know, they'll do a bit of the, the food tasting and buy some of the clothing, but they'll never get into the depth of that culture. And for me, karate was a way of embodying that. That's, this is my specialty, by the way. So this is a whole other interview. Um, karate was a way of, of bringing that out to, to people who may not have access to it, and including Japanese people. Because I, it bothered me that the reputation of karate was so poor, and then some of the top senseis um, here and overseas, whose names I will not mention, but I've seen lauded on uh, Facebook and other places, um, when they would present themselves in public, they would often present themselves in a manner not aligned with the same way, say, the Aikidoka or the Sumo-san or the um, Judoka would present themselves. They'd show up in track pants, for example. I'm thinking of a particular event I went to, International Forum, and, you know, the, the sumo guys, you want to see impressive, this is a sumo guy in a suit, okay? That, that's impressive. Um, and the judoka, they all showed up in suits and ties, and we were having a big form. And the karate guys showed up late in sweatshirts, and they did this, you know, this sitting. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're embarrassing me. Like, 
This is A, it's Japan. You're Japanese. You know the rules. And you look terrible. And, and these, were, these are famous people. If I said their name, you go, oh, my God, really? Um, and to me, that was a shame because karate has to work for its, on its reputation in mainland Japan for sure. For sure. And some of the blame lies at the doorstep of Oyama Sensei. But I don't want to get into this because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. But some of it definitely has to be placed there. And, and the company and the company he kept. Yeah, yeah. So and, and I'm sure you know. I, I think we know we all know where where that went and who was his sponsors and all the stunts he done. Um, so how did you end up um, having a dojo in Japan? You got your dojo, or you just a little dojo? Yeah, I run a dojo about ten students um, here in at my school now. It's, I started it, so I was a principal, and then I realized how much principals if you really want to do it well it really needs to be something you want to do for the 365 days 24 hours and i had got to the point i've been doing it for 12 years and i was like i need to remember that i work to live right mm. um i don't live to work and so when i realized that then i said i need to change some things up and um Karate has always been, for me, as I said, it's a love affair. It was a way to go back and say, okay, there's certain things I believe in, uh, certain things about Japan I really respect, certain things about karate that matter to me, that people know. Um, and so that's, yeah, I went back and, and started running a little club. And I don't really, I, even though I'm affiliated with a very open-minded group, I still tend to do what I want to do. Okay, and that's got me, and that's got me in trouble. Um, I, I I know your feelings. I've been in, tro in trouble because of that many many times. That's why I'm independent mostly. Yeah. Um, how how do Japanese people react to the foreigner having his own karate dojo? You know what? I actually don't know. I've never really thought about that. I suppose it's a bit weird. I know because because I I, I did the competition piece and you know, relatively successful. I think they can, they understand that. But when they come and see my dojo and my girl, my girls and my, the, my students training, um, they're like, that's karate. Um, so I think that's, but I'm not sure. I honestly, Les, I don't know. And I, I, I honestly, I don't think about it too much. Uh, I, of course I have Japanese students. Of course, of course we're, you know, we're open to everybody. Um, but I don't really think about that. Tim, I've been here so long. Like it still shocks me when I'm walking down and I realize, oh, who's the, the guy with the big nose and the blue eyes? You know, oh, okay, that's yeah, me. <laughs> right? Yeah, because you, you forget. You forget after a while. You know? Yeah, so, so I think, I think um, very similar um, experiences with my father-in-law, who is a British guy living in Thailand, doing Gojuri in Thailand. Right. And he's kind of, a, well, not now because he's there, or. 10 years, more than 10 years, 12 years. Um, but when he was going to Dojo, everybody was saying, I think, look, it's that guy. He's, he's hairy. He's all hairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be true. That could be true. I mean, of course, there's other stuff, but I don't want to share them here. But I mean, yeah, of course, as a, as a foreigner, there have been times where that wasn't good. Mm. And you were treated in a way that I wouldn't treat somebody. Hey, mm. that's life. Uh, 
this, it doesn't matter on where, which country on the planet you are. It, people absolutely. are absolutely. And good people and bad people, and simply, yeah. simply that it is this. And the vast um, majority are really good people. Yeah. So, right. well, well, yeah, when I moved to the UK, hmm. I had few faux pas with the language and stuff. Some <laughs> being, uh, I tell you one, uh, okay. people laugh at me all the time because uh, my boss's wife, and they're very posh, hmm. very posh, hmm. asked me, How do you? learn English. You guys are improving my English. I said, oh, I watch TV with subtitles. <laughs> subtitles. That's not bad. That's not as bad as That's, not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. But that gives you, gives you an example. Have you had any things like that in Japan? Oh, yes. Sure you you're so mean. All right. <laughs> like, like a funny one. One of life's <laughs> most embarrassing moments. Are you ready for this? It's a bit of a story. So I was living in a town. I was the first white guy to live in this town. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful people, really, really kind, but I'm the first white guy. So they, they realize I love martial arts, but they have a real passion at that time for sumo. So they invite me to be the, the Oyakata, uh, the, the, not the Oyakata, the, the Shimpan, the, the referee. Yep. Now, I don't speak much Japanese. When I came to Japan, it was like Ichinisan, and that was about it. So this is after about a year, and I, you know, I started speaking a little bit of Japanese. So it's it's the national holiday, Children's Day, and they have the dohyo set up. So you've, I would say, about two, three hundred people from the whole village gathered in the schoolyard, and there's speakers, and of course the final bout. Now you got to picture this: you got two little guys kids right in the little sumo outfits with the little butts right and they're all ready to go and up walks muggins what you're supposed to say is jikandes jikandes in other words it's time mm -hmm. okay and i have a big speaker going all over the village five square miles okay what i say is jikandes which means I'm a pervert. <laughs> and everybody, you can hear the whole audience go, oh. and then, and then just like mass laughter. The, the, the person who's presented, James, Jikan, not Jikan, Jikan. So that was probably among the worst experiences because it was on TV, but of course they were kind and they took that part out. Yeah, so I announced in public, to a school full of young children and their parents and grandparents that I was a big pervert. Yes. I don't know that take you. You think you become a principal. That's the way <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Yeah. I'm sure I've made lots of other ones too, but that's the one that I still kind of get a bit red-faced about. And that was 30 years ago. So, yeah. So I think that beats your 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 subtitles. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've been fortunate that I came and I know uh, I knew the American American English pretty much uh, affluent, but you know the Brits speaking so differently. But I didn't have a clue what they're talking about. So it took me some years of um, you know trying to improve, and it still does. It still needs improvement. So hey, always yeah. learning, always always. Well, you know what I was thinking? We could have done this. You could have spoken Polish and I could have spoken Japanese and nobody would have understood really, really outside what the hell we were talking about but us two. And that would have been fun. 
Yeah. Um, uh, AJ, uh, I am really sorry. As I said, this week was not best for me. I've got to uh, attend something in a minute, which uh, I'm dreading a bit, but I hope that's the way life, life goes. And uh, I'm going to try to solve it out to the best of my abilities and find the solutions. Um, it was a pure pleasure to talk to you. I'm hoping that we can catch up in some time and have a, uh, another conversation on some interesting topics we can come out with. I'm following you. Could you tell where people can follow you? I started reading your blog. I think it's super interesting and I think people should know about it. Yeah, no, I think that's the only place really. I don't really put a lot of this out. So it's jamesmhatch.com and you have access to it, Les. So. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put the description there. For me, for me, as one karate guy to another, please, please, please continue what you're doing. I know you might be going through the mic with some bullshit right now, but Les, what you're doing is so important, okay? Please, please continue to do that. All right. I'm a stubborn. I'm a stubborn. I'm stubborn bugger, so I, I'm very difficult to get rid of me. Good. That's <laughs> what I want to hear. Okay, Les. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself and best wishes. All right.